Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast brought to you by Foresight. At Foresight, we are cultivating healthy leaders to lead thriving organizations. Thank you for tuning into today's podcast. Please enjoy the rest of our show. Well, hey, friends, welcome to the podcast. I'm Jenny Katrin, founder and CEO of the Foresight Group. And uh, today I want to spend a little time on a subject that feels a little more present given the dynamics that we're in. So here we are. I think when this airs, it'll be end of July, early August. And uh, we've been uh, dealing with the coronavirus pandemic for several months now. And uh, I noticed something about myself the other night. I kind of just noticed that I was waking up in the middle of the night, sleeping a little bit restlessly, just kind of this low-grade anxiety that didn't have a specific excuse for, but just, I think, this restlessness of uh, just how much we've had to adjust and uh, react to the dynamics of our world. And, uh, and I realized, you know what, I just think there's a little bit of an underlying fear that all of us are trying to respond to and react to given the circumstances of 2020. And I thought, you know what, I want to take a little bit of time out in the podcast to just kind of speak to this idea of fear. I think we all navigate fear. We all wrestle with fear, uh, probably to varying degrees and, you know, different circumstances kind of exasperate that. But I actually went back to my book, Clout. Um, I wrote Clout, gosh, it's five or six years ago now. Uh, Clout, Discover and Unleash Your God-Given Influence. And I wrote a chapter in there about fear and really kind of dug into fear a little bit and how it impacts us in, in our leadership, that fear kind of triggers a lot of other things that become inhibitors to our effectiveness as leaders. Fear makes us feel like we're not enough. We can deal with jealousy. We fear we're not that we don't have enough, so we live out of scarcity. We fear not being good enough, so we have this insecurity. We fear not being strong enough, so we cover it up with pride. We fear not measuring up to others, so we wrestle with comparison. We fear chaos, so we grapple for control, which is probably the one that is impacting us all the most in the last little bit. And so I just wanted to share with you guys a little bit of just some of my reflections and going back to that chapter of the book and looking back at some of my notes and thoughts from that season and just uh, kind of helping me look at fear, hopefully in a healthy way to say, okay, what am I noticing about how fear is impacting me as a leader in this season? And so um, I just want to you know, share a few different things with you about the idea of fear and maybe give us some perspective as we continue to lead through uh, this year in front of us. So um, in Susan Jeffers' book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, that's the title of her book, she places fear into three categories. She says, level one fears are those that happen to us, things like aging or being in an accident, um, as well as those things that require actions from us. So changing careers or public speaking, those are the level one fears that she describes. She says, level two fears have to do with inner states of mind rather than exterior situations, maybe fear of being rejected or fear of being vulnerable. And then she says level three fear is what she describes as the biggest fear of all, the one that really keeps you stuck. And it's the fear that I can't handle it. And to some degree, I think with the dynamics of the pandemic, we're dealing with all three fears, right? Three levels of fear. Level one, things that happen to us. So the pandemic has happened to us. 
Level two fears are those inner states of mind, fear of being vulnerable. Level three is that I can't handle it. And I don't know about you, but I've probably experienced all three levels of fear throughout these last few months. And she goes on to say that at the bottom of every one of your fears is simply the fear that you can't handle whatever life may bring you. Or said another way, it's the fear that I'm not enough. And you know, I think that's a, a, a fear that we all grapple with at different times throughout our journeys, both as just humans and as leaders, is the fear that am I enough, right? And, uh, and I think especially when we're trying to lead through the unknown, that fear becomes really prominent and really present. I read that and I hear about these fears and then I can't help as a person of faith to go to scripture where I feel like, you know, multiple places in scripture, we're told to not be afraid, um, that we don't have to be afraid. Multiple times in, this, in, in the Bible, God tells his children not to be afraid. Um, in fact, through a vision, God said, uh, do not be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield, your very great re- reward. Um, when Hagar and her son Ishmael were banished from Abraham's land, an angel told Hagar, do not be afraid, God has heard. When Isaac was expelled from his land by the Philistines and forced to move from place to place, God appeared to him and reminded him, do not be afraid for I'm with you. When Jacob was fearful of traveling in his old age, God told him, don't be afraid to go down to Egypt for I'll make you into a great nation. Numerous times, Moses has reminded the Israelites not to be afraid because God was with them and he'd fight for them. And then after Moses' death, God made the same commitment to Joshua as he encouraged him to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. From Elijah to David, from Isaiah to Jeremiah, God continuously reminded his people not to fear. When Joseph considered canceling his engagement to Mary, an angel appeared to him telling him not to be afraid. When Jesus charged the 12 disciples with their responsibility, he told them not to be afraid of those who would seek to harm them for proclaiming the truth. From the women gathering at the empty tomb to the disciples uh, seeing the resurrected Jesus, the message was the same. Do not be afraid. In every instance, people faced like these legitimate concerns, but each time God's message remained consistent. It seemed that God understood that we would wrestle with fear, didn't he? And I, and I kind of have mixed reviews to even, you know, just all those stories and scriptures of just this constant refrain of don't be afraid, don't be afraid. And then the question for me is, well, how? Um, how do I not be afraid? And I guess this probably reflects a little bit of that tension I have with being able to trust and rely on God and his provision, right? But, you know, one of the things that I have observed and noticed, you know, as I've looked at circumstances that leaders face, as I've looked at them in my own life, is that we often confront our greatest fear at a crossroads of influence, right? At, at, at the threshold of our greatest opportunity to make an impact, when we're on the brink of being able to have significant influence or you know, just have an impact in some significant way. And so not to confront the fear would be deny really who we're created to be. That Like there's a moment that God has placed us here for. And as we think of all those stories that I just read in scripture, those were critical moments, kind of turning point moments where they had to confront a fear um, and to have not done so might have sabotaged, you know, a moment of influence that God had designed them for. We might be sabotaging the very calling and purpose we're designed for if we're not willing to confront the fear. Fear finds us kind of at the edge of a cliff, the moment when we must make a decision. And so the question is, when we find ourselves there, when we find ourselves in moments like we're experiencing, do we give in to 
fear or do we step out in faith, right? Faith takes the leap. Faith sees beyond the fear and recognizes that we were uniquely designed and created for this moment. It's not an accident that all of us are leading through a global pandemic, right? It's not an accident that you are where you are in this season, leading the team that you're leading, trying to help make decisions to move your ministry or your organization forward. It's not an accident that you're there. So it requires us to confront the fear that we're facing to help us to lead through it. Um, see, I think really God equips us with plans to use us, right? He, he has a plan. He has a design. But I believe that we may miss opportunities to use that influence because we shrink from the fear, right? We shrink back from it. Um, we turn around and run back when faith requires us to take a leap that maybe we're a little afraid to take. And so that's just kind of what I want to encourage you to wrestle with um, in this season is, you know, what, how might God be asking you to confront the fears that you're facing as a leader in this season and in, in this crisis? You know, one of the things that I love about my job is that I have the privilege of helping develop leaders. I get to coach and develop leaders, um, and I absolutely love it. I love seeing leaders thrive and grow and learn about themselves and, and develop their team. But every once in a while, when I'm working with a leader, they'll hit a growth hurdle that they just can't seem to overcome. And rarely is it that they lack the ability. Most often, the growth challenge in front of them forces them to confront a fear that they're unwilling to face, right? They just want to shrink back from it. Their unwillingness to confront that fear causes them to shrink back or maybe even to cover it up, right? And to pretend that they're not afraid or pretend that it isn't there. And their attempts to avoid the issue ultimately lead to an erosion of trust with the people that they influence. And I, and I think that's really critical. I want you to hear that, that sometimes our attempts to avoid the issue, to avoid a fear that we might be facing, could lead to an erosion of trust with the people that we're trying to lead. And so, you know, again, in just this uh, complexity of the season that we're navigating, I think it's really important that we're aware of the fears that are kind of just maybe even under the surface. It's like I was telling you that I, you know, just woke up multiple times the other night and several nights this week, just kind of with a low grade anxiety. And I had to go, okay, hey, what is that about? Because it might be unintentionally causing me to shrink back or hold back um, because there's a fear that I'm not willing to confront, right? That I'm not willing to just lean into and say, okay, what do I need to learn with this? What is the, what faith do I need to, um, uh, what, you know, how do I need to engage my faith in order to confront this fear? Um, so, uh, you know, we know that, that fear create sometimes leads to darkness, isolation, or inactivity, right? It can, we can, um, we can hide from fear. We can be isolated because of fear. We can be paralyzed by fear. So how do we overcome it? Um, I read all those do not be afraid scriptures and, Frankly, I'm more likely to feel guilty for not having the faith to overcome it than to really find peace in those statements, right, of do not be afraid. But if I take another look at those scriptures, every time God says, do not be afraid, notice that the message doesn't end there. It's not like just the statement, don't be afraid. Behind every statement, he gives us a reason why we shouldn't fear. Do not be afraid technically should be enough because ultimately he's God, right? Like I should be, I should that should be enough for me, but it, frankly, it's not. But I think God knew that our fears needed to be replaced with strong promises. We need to replace fear with truth. 
so I want you to listen to the statements that of truth that follow some of these do not be afraid uh, moments in scripture. It says, do not be afraid. I'm your shield, your very great reward. Do not be afraid. God has heard. Do not be afraid for I am with you. Do not be afraid for the Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go. Do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. Those are just a few of those promises in scripture that follow that statement of do not be afraid. So we've got to confront our fear with the truth and that the truth is the powerful reminder of God's constant presence. He is with us. Um, Sarah Young, uh, who wrote the book, Jesus Calling, she says, when you view events from this perspective through the light of his universal presence, fear loses its grip on you. See, our core fear that we can't handle it, that we're not enough, I think it's actually true. I don't think we can handle it, at least not on our own. And we're not expected to handle it on our own. So as leaders, even that, you know, sometimes we feel like we've got to be strong and brave and confident and, you know, and help lead through it. And a lot of those things are true as we're trying to lead our teams, but we're still not supposed to handle it all on our own. Notice that in those examples in scripture, God doesn't say, don't be afraid, figure it out, or you've got this. He says, don't be afraid. I've got this. I'm with you. And that basic truth has the power to overcome all of our fears if we'll let it, right? But don't be afraid. He's got this. Don't be afraid. He is with us. Philippians 4.13, I think is such a familiar reminder that we almost miss it, right? That I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Our ability is in his strength. God's constant presence is the greater truth that confronts our ultimate fear. And when we ignore God's presence in the fear equation, we, we really lead from a place of vulnerability. That's where the anxiety creeps in, right? Every time we make a fear-based decision, I think we actually lose a little bit more influence. And it borders on irresponsibility if we're not careful. When we lead from fear, we make reactionary decisions, and those we lead can sense our fear, and they're influenced by it. They feel it. They experience it. Our fear-based decisions erode our influence rather than provide strength for others and instill their confidence in us as a result of our sound leadership. So guys, we have to be aware of fear and when it's showing up in us and be willing to confront it and confront it with the truth of that we don't have to handle it all on our own, that we've got to trust that God is with us. So facing fear doesn't mean ignoring it, hiding it, or avoiding it. Facing our fear doesn't mean trying to control it away. Facing our fear means acknowledging our fear and going ahead anyway, right? Recognizing it's there and then continuing to step into it. Parker Palmer states, be not afraid does not mean we cannot have the fear. Everyone has fear. And people who embrace the call to leadership often find fear abounding. Instead, the words say, we do not need to be the fear we have. We do not have to lead from a place of fear, thereby engendering a world in which fear is multiplied. As we need to move forward despite our fears, because we are equipped with the truth to confront it. I know that as leaders, every one of us are navigating uncertainties and things we've never experienced before. And I just want to encourage you that if if you notice this fear thing, just kind of live in there under the surface a little bit, or maybe it's really big and loud for you right now, 
I just want to encourage you that those promises of God, that he is with us, that we don't have to face the fear alone, that he truly is present. He truly is with us. And as leaders who are people of faith, we need to be able to rest in, trust in, lean into God for direction in these seasons of uncertainty and unknown. And I just hope I hope that was an encouragement to you today. I think I needed to hear it. So maybe it's just for me uh, this week, but I felt like, you know, I think this is one of those things that all of us as leaders are just kind of living with these uncertainties and the reality of the fears that are just present in our circumstances right now. And so I wanted to encourage you with that. As I mentioned, a lot of that was taken from my book, Clout, Discover and Unleash Your God-Given Influence. You know, that may be a great one that you want to check out. That book was really written to identify what I call the seven clout killers, the things that really hold us back or inhibit us from leading confidently and really stewarding our influence well. And so this might be a great season where you're like, you know what, I need to do a little self-leadership. I need to dig a little deeper to see where are some of these things kind of hindering my leadership? Because when we're under stress and we're under pressure as leaders, some of those clout killers, those things that can inhibit our influence can become a little more prominent. And so I just want to encourage you to keep leading well, pay close attention to how you're doing as a leader, notice those fears, notice that underlying anxiety and pay attention to it. Do the things that are going to keep you healthy and thriving as a leader in this season, because we need you leading well for the long haul. So keep leading well. Remember that our passion is to cultivate healthy leaders to lead thriving organizations. So if there's any way we can support you in this season, please let us know. Please reach out. Send me an email, jenny at getforesight.com. And uh, we're cheering you on all the way. Thank you for listening to the Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions, please email Jenny at podcast at get the number four site.com. If this content has helped you in any way, we would love for you to share this podcast with your friends and on social networks. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing content coming from the Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast. Your comments mean the world to us, so please rate and leave comments on our podcast. And remember, you need foresight for success. We will see you next time.